0: It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. morning. January 12th, second Sunday of 2020. How many of you have been here for the first two Sundays? Okay, two-week streak, good. Keep the streak alive, me too. And uh, welcome to those of you listening to our podcast as well, around the world. Uh, By the way, in December, um, throughout the entire uh, 2019, the uh, audience, in terms of countries, uh, number one was Australia, uh, number two was the USA, and number three was the UK. But in December, the UK... Leapfrogged not only the US but also Australia to become our number one uh, country listening to our podcast, the land of both my grandparents. So, very uh, humbled to be able to be speaking into the lives of people back in the UK. Fantastic. Hey, now listen, I'm going to tell you something you already know, but you know, it's kind of my my job sometimes. Uh, If you have a smartphone, and you use one of the mapping apps, Google Maps, Apple Maps, Waze, one of those, if you have a smartphone and you use the mapping apps, it's all, again, you know this, it's almost impossible to get lost. Now, I say almost because I've seen it happen, and I just need to say for the record, if you use the mapping app on your smartphone to navigate and you get lost, it is not a tech issue. It is a user issue. Now, that's just an observation, not a criticism, just saying. But some of you won't know because it happened before you kind of you know, understood how the world works. There was a time when some of us used far more primitive uh, navigational tools. Uh, one is, uh, is what we would have called like a fold-out map. And a fold-out map, you'd kind of use that for sort of longer journeys because you kind of only really needed to know the kind of major arterial roads to get to where you need to be. Uh, And then last week, I profiled. We also, uh, for more urban uh, navigation, would have a street directory. And you'd sort of thumb through that and you'd figure out where you are and figure out where you need to be and you'd kind of play along and navigate. Now, there was two uh, overarching techniques that you would use one or the other when it came to using either the fold-out map or the, the paper street directory. And one was this, so you're in the, the passenger seat, you're the navigator, and uh, you've got the map in front of you. One technique is to hold that map or hold that street directory and run your finger along as you're going to make sure you're tracking and, and, and giving the clear instructions to the driver. That's one technique. The other technique was to uh, hold the, the map or the book and as the driver turned, you would turn the map so that you were always pointing in the direction you were going, right? Did, did anyone use the second technique? See, I didn't even know that that second technique existed because I was a finger follower, and then I married Louisa, and Louisa was a map turner, and I'm driving, and I'm thinking to myself, what in the world are you doing, woman? But here's the thing, it didn't matter to me long as we got to where we needed to be. So there you go, two techniques. Now, in the preparation for this series that we launched last week, The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future, uh, I've been thinking about and uh, kind of researching a lot about lostness and kind of thinking if I was to write a book about lostness, I'd probably call it The Art of Lostness. And uh, The Art of Lostness by Mark Pomeroy would, would have uh, include uh, the following chapters. It would have a chapter called We Don't Get Lost on Purpose. And this is just a factoid you know, if you go to where you intend, then you're not ever lost. You got where you meant to be, but we don't get lost on purpose. In fact, the reason we get lost is because we go in a di- different direction to what we intended. And I'll come back to that, but that's one of the chapters. A chapter would also be called We're Lost before we know we're lost. We're kind of driving, and then all of a sudden we realize, I think we're lost. But that's not the moment. You got lost. That's the moment you realize you were lost. You got lost some time ago, which brings me to my next chapter. Uh, Men take longer to be convinced they're lost, and uh, we we know it. Don't don't women don't be little. No, we know. We don't know why, but we know. We know. This is again a fact. Here's another chapter. We wind up where the road ends up. If you. In here in Perth, want to go to Mandra but you set your car in the direction heading north on Mitchell Freeway, guess what? You're gonna end up somewhere north, not somewhere south because of the direction that you went. It's a no-brainer. And then because of that, when you're lost, a change of direction is the solution. When you're lost, you don't actually pull over and ask somebody for a solution. You pull over and ask somebody for directions because directions are the solution. You're lost, you change direction, you get unlost. How many would buy that book? No, no one would buy that book because everything I just said is so plainly obvious. You'd be like, what a waste of paper. I know, I get it. I'm never gonna write it. You're never gonna buy it, and I don't blame you. But this. These principles, these facts, they're true for driving and they're also true for living. And that's why in the January beginning of a new year and a new decade, we're, we're zeroing in on this idea of the beginner's guide to predicting your future, which comes from a book that came across my desk. I read probably about six, seven years ago, a book by Andy Stanley called The Principle of the Path. And actually, we, we bought all of the copies that were available in Australia and had them at our, our resource corner. There's one remaining copies. So the only available copy for purchase in Australia is at our resource corner. And if you wanna kind of elbow your way there at the end of our live experience, it's yours for 20 bucks. So go and get that. The, but the big idea of this book, The Principle of the Path, is direction determines destination. Now, last week, I got you to repeat that with me and you all did very well. Those of you that weren't here, I'll give you a chance to play the game this week. So on the count of three, how about you say this with me? One, two, three, direction determines destination. Yep. There's no the and a, three words, all start with D. It's memorable, so it's portable. Direction determines destination. And this is not only true geographically, it's true financially, it's true. Relationally, it's true professionally, it's true morally, it's true spiritually, it's true marriagely, it's true parentingally, it's true healthily. The principle of path is true in every single one of the alleys in our life. And I said in the run-up to the to the teaser to to this series last Sunday of December, hey, hey, we're gonna launch this series. It's called The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. And by the way, I said that by the way, I, with a pretty high level of confidence, can predict your future. Even if you can't, I can predict your future. And a few of your toupees kind of flipped up when I said that. You're like, what? Have you got some sort of crystal ball? No. Some sort of magical uh, pair of clothes line that's like divining rods? No. No. No, I don't. What I have that I want you to get is a deep understanding of how the principle of the path works. And the reason that I'm, Confident that I can predict with a a high level of certainty your future, it it, it works like this. Hand me, do this next week, right? Come prepared. Next week, give me the copies of the last 12 months of your uh, bank statements, uh, credit card statements, uh, personal loan statements, um, bring them all to me, 12 months, last 12 months, like 2019's version, just bring them, clip them together, bring them to me. And what I will do is I will look through them and I will predict your future financially. There'll be no mystery. G- give, me, g- give me, let's start from today and over the next, uh, well, let's make it six months. Over the next six months, uh, write down everything you eat and drink and everything you do in a sort of the realm of exercise. And like, diarize them and there's apps for that. And, and in uh, July one, uh, send, send that data to me. And, and here's the thing, I will look at that and with a reasonable level of confidence, I'll be able, pr- able to predict your future as far as your health goes. And there'll be very little mystery to it. Uh, here's another one. Uh, over the next, well, let's just, let's make it easy, three months. Over the next three months, record, use your little uh, smartphone recording dictation device, record every conversation you have with your spouse and record every conversation you have about your spouse and send those files to me uh, in, uh, what's that, 1st of April, not as an April Fool's joke. And I'll listen to them and with a reasonable level of certainty, I'll be able to predict your future when it comes to your marriage. And that's not because I have any superpowers, it's because I understand the principle of the path. And I want you to understand the principle of the path as well, because if you do, you don't need to send me your bank accounts and your credit cards. That You look at them for yourself and realize that you're, headed, you're already headed in a direction, but is it the direction that you want to be headed in? Is it the direction you're intending to head in? You've said, 2020, this is the year that we, and you fill in the blank, Fine, great, good start. And, and and by the way, this is actually how map apps work. You've got a map app, and uh, when you wanna get somewhere and use the map to navigate, which why wouldn't you these days? This is kind of, I mean, this is on a desktop, but this is kind of the basic premise. The If it's a phone, they will know, especially if it's an Android-powered phone, they know everything about you. They will know your current location, so that's the, that's the start of the journey, and then they'll want you to type in where you want to end up, which essentially, in our language for the principle of the path, is your intention. Where do you intend to go? And and when you do that, and you click directions, it automatically calculates the route for you, and then all you need to do is press start, and then obey, okay? Start, and obey, and it will give you turn-by-turn directions. It'll tell you when something's coming up. It'll tell you in 200 meters, look out for the off-ramp to the left. If you do momentarily get off the direction of the intended destination, it will actually recalibrate and say, oi, Buffed, no, turn around, go back, and then get you back on the right direction. All you need to do is listen and obey. It does all of the heavy lifting in the background for us. Wouldn't it be great if we had one of those for every decision in our life that all we had to do is say, all right, I know where I am and I'm pretty certain where I wanna be and you put them in to your life app, map app and just press directions and then all of the heavy lifting's done for you. And interestingly, that's actually how some people think this works in real life, that all you need to do is type in the intention, and the intention will get you to where you want to be. But if I expand the principle of the path, it's said this way, direction, not intention, determines destination. That we need to have some clarity around our intention, but just leaving it there, and thinking that we're going to automatically arrive at our destination—it's not how it works. And therefore, last week I gave some homework. So some of you were here last week. Some of you here for the first time this week. Here was the homework. Little little recap. Um, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's not easy in the sense of you have to actually do it, but it's not like complicated. This algorithm is not very complex. In these alley areas of your life, financially, professionally, relationally, healthily, marriageally all of those areas that I listed just a moment ago, if you think that there's room for improvement in any of those, which probably there is in all of those for all of us, uh, how about you run them through this little bit of homework? So let's just take financially, for example. You might say, okay, right now, Where am I or where are we financially? Wherever it is, no judgment. You're just doing this for yourself. Just, okay, now, where do we wanna be? And and maybe set it, okay, by the end of this year. Okay, great. Now, (laughs) break out the bank statements. Break out the credit card statements. Break out the store cards. Break out and have a look at your current direction. They are your current direction. It's like, It's no mystery. Oh, I've been spending, yep, you have, great, okay, cool. And then, understand, is that current direction going to get you to where you're intending to go? And if it's not, then recalibrate your direction and move. Now, this, by the way, is on our uh, app in the podcast section, you know, the slide deck, yep, it's there. So, what was those five things Mark said? We're good to you. It's in our app. It's on our website, podcast section, this whole slide deck. So you go back. Okay, great. Do that. Now, speaking of our app, if you go to our app, you've got our app, you can tap the Bible tile down the bottom left. It's gonna open up to uh, a, a, a part of the Bible called Proverbs. Now, Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon. Solomon was the third king of Israel. Uh, said, you know, claimed to be sort of the wisest guy that ever lived. And, and he was kind of like wise in what he knew about life. He wasn't always wise in what he did with what he knew about life. And that's true for all of us. Um, but he wrote this collection of wise axioms, wise sayings, wise principles. And, and they were collated into the book that we now have. That's part of our now Bible called Proverbs. And, and really there they were these uh Principles of wisdom as it pertains to life, and they were pretty much all essentially universal in as much as they apply to all of us. And some of us don't want to hear what I'm about to say, but one of the things that Solomon understood is that you are unique. Oh, yep. You are unique, but your direction isn't. The direction you're currently going in any one of these areas of your life, you're not the first person on the planet to have ever gone in that direction. And Solomon knew that. And you're like, oh, that's depressing. No, and actually it's not depressing. It's incredibly encouraging because it means you and I don't have to screw everything up for ourselves thinking that we're the first crash test dummy to have to be thrown against the wall wondering if we're gonna survive. No, someone's already been thrown against the wall. And Solomon, in fact, wrote a lot of this stuff to prevent us even needing to be thrown against the wall. So I would encourage you to read that. But this is one story. I'm gonna take a deep dive into this story this morning. And this is sort of Solomon acting as a narrator. And we don't know if this story was sort of uh, like a metaphor or if it really happened and he recorded it. But either way, he, he, he told this story to a group of, of, of listeners and it, it was written down. So the listeners, that's us today. And in this story, there's two main characters, a naive young man, and, and I'll talk about him in a moment, and a seductive married woman. And you'll figure out how come that's what she is. So Solomon starts this story. He says, as I stood at the window of my house, looking out through the shutters, watching the mindless crowd stroll by. Now, before I get into this story, understand that there is somebody, God's placed somebody in your life, some, maybe even somebody's in your life, that with some of these aspects, the alleys, the financially, the professionally, they actually have a better perspective than you. And wise people leverage them to their advantage and unwise people ignore them to their detriment. So here's actually Solomon with a better perspective than these two characters in this story. So that's a little bit of bonus content. As I stood at the window of my house, looking out through the shutters, watching the mindless crowd stroll by, I spotted a young man without any sense. Now, (laughs) let me qualify a couple of things here. First of all, this story doesn't just pertain and apply to Males, this also applies to females. It just happens that you had to choose in this story, so you chose a young man. Solomon's also not saying that all young men lack sense. Although, having once been one, I can tell you that most of them do. And here's the thing, it's not their fault because they didn't get to choose when they were born. And at this point in their life, they don't have much sense because they haven't lived much life. And one of the things about wisdom is, is, is we can, if we pay attention, we can develop wisdom over time. Some wisdom is developed and only developed over time. And this young man hadn't yet lived very long. And so he hadn't developed much wisdom. However, by the way, and young man, let's call him, let's say he's 20. If he's still making the same dumb choices in life when he's 30 and 40, he can no longer blame his lack of time as the excuse for why he lacks wisdom. Now it's actually not on your parents choosing when to have you. It's now actually typically on you, pal, but there you go. And the other way we we gain wisdom is through experience. So sometimes you don't know what you don't know because you've never been there before. And it's only sometimes by going through certain things that the actual process and the experience, you realize, oh, okay, I'm gaining some wisdom from this. Not always because some people go through stuff and don't learn a thing. There's another way to gain wisdom, and that's to actually access it from other people and other sources. The Bible is a wisdom book. Well, not all of it, but some of it, a lot of it. And read that, it's going to tell you stuff, Book of Proverbs is going to tell you stuff you might not yet know and haven't experienced, but don't have to because, bam, it's right there for you, some instructions, some, some principles. There's also people that we can tap into and gain wisdom from their experience and the time that they've spent. And you'd have to be the village idiot to not access them. Now, let me give you an example. Louie and I, uh, a couple of years ago, we bought a new old house with the the, the goal, with the intention of uh, slicing a bit off the back and putting a new extension on the back. And this year, it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen because for the last 18 months, we've been leading up to that. We engaged an architect, we've engaged a builder, and we've been working with them. But here's one thing I did. And, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'll say it and you'll be like, yeah, well, of course you did that, but I did. All right, so our... One of our next door neighbors, they have a similar old house to us, would have been built around the same time. And they did much, a very similar thing to what we are intending to do slice the back of it off, build a new extension on the back. Now, they've done that, looks great. He also happens to be an architect he also was the project builder and managed the project for himself for that project. So I discovered this early on. We moved in, they came and said, hi, welcome to the neighborhood, thanks, good to be here. My name's Nigel, that's him, I'm Mark, great, fantastic. Now every time I spotted Nigel in the wild, out the front mowing or whatever it was, I would scooch out there and I'd go, hey, neighbor, fancy seeing you here, how's it going? hey, Nigel, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? And I said, no, I, I came clean. I said, listen, I heard your story about, you're an architect, you designed this thing, very similar to what we wanna do. Do you mind if I pick your brains? And he's like, yeah, sure. He's very generous with his, with his ideas and his time, but I, I would get him. He's, I would, I think I can hear something. I'm out there. And it got to the point where I'm thinking, he's like, he hears footstep and he's like, Duck, kids, get inside. But for a while, the window was open, and I took full advantage of that, and I would ask him questions and questions and questions, because I don't have any experience in the process that we're working towards, but he has already done it, and done it phenomenally. I mean, I invited myself in to tour their house. He's like, oh, I guess I'm going in as well. I'm like, yeah. And then we got our plans, our initial plans from our architect, so I hit Nigel up, and I asked him the question, based on what you see on these plans, do you think we're going in the right direction? And he said, yeah, I think I really like it. So, okay, I wasn't asking for his approval, I was asking for his wisdom. Duh, right? But it's amazing how many people have other people in their life already there, accessible, and yet don't tap into them. But, but I'll tell you why. <laughs> wise people seek out other wise people because they're wise. The, the, the thing, <laughs> this not actually very elusive superpower of being wise, it's what makes them wise enough to realise there's some things they don't know and that because they're wise, they seek out other wise people because that's the wise thing to do. But paradoxically, the people who lack wisdom therefore need it the most because they lack wisdom, they don't have the wisdom to seek out wisdom. Tracking? It's pretty good, huh? It's pretty obvious, right? Let me pause, celebrate. Arriving at the corner of the street where she lived, then turning up the path. Whoop, oh, there's our word. Direction. Arriving the corner, at the corner, gotta choose. Which direction am I gonna continue on? Well, he turned up the path to her house. And it was dusk, the evening coming on, the darkness thickening into night. And so right now in this story, there's two perspectives. Right here is the, the, the narrator, which is Solomon, it's his perspective. And then there's the naive young man in his perspective. And there's two soundtracks playing in the minds of those two characters. In the mind of the, the naive young man, is the Rocky soundtrack where he's standing at, running up the stairs and he's at the top of the stairs in his gray sweatpants going. That's the the soundtrack going on in the naive young man's head. The soundtrack going on in Solomon's head is the Jaws soundtrack. (laughs) Because they have a very different perspective on where this path is gonna lead him. Just then a woman met him. She'd been lying in wait for him, dressed to seduce him. Brazen and brash, she was restless and roaming, never at home, walking the streets, loitering in the mall, hanging out every corner in town. And she threw her arms around him and kissed him, boldly took his arm and said, I've got all the makings for a feast. Today I made my offerings. My vows are all paid. See, she wasn't a bad person. I mean, this very morning, she went to the temple. She paid her offerings, she emptied her sin bucket, and yet now she wants to fill it back up again. But we can kind of, when we're gonna go into a different direction than we intended, and we know it's actually not God's best for us, it's pretty easy to justify. We can find something that makes it sound like it's not bad. It makes it sound like, you know, you'd do the same if you were me. I mean, who could blame me? I mean, I'm not, come on. So now I've come to find you, hoping to catch sight of your face. And here you are. And the naive young man's thinking, wow, I am special. I've been chosen. And Solomon's thinking, no, you're an idiot. She says, I've spread fresh, clean sheets on my bed, colorful, imported linens. My bed is aromatic with spices and exotic fragrances. Come, let's make love all night. Spend the night in ecstatic lovemaking. Wow. Who could resist? I mean, come on now. About uh, 10 years ago, Louis and I were in uh, Whistler in in Canada. And uh, Whistler is like a... It's about an hour outside of Vancouver. It's the part of where the uh, Winter Games were held in the year 2010, a eh? And aboot, 2010. And in the winter, it's a ski, skiing resort. Everything's about the snow and skiing. And in the summer, it's kind of like a mountain biking, golfing kind of mecca. But all year round, there's, there's stuff going. And Louis and I were there to, to run a conference. And um, and uh, one of the things, the golf courses there, they're not like the, the local municipal six bucks for a go golf courses. These were designed by Jack Nicklaus and some of the best in the business and it's about 200 bucks to play a round of golf there and I didn't have the time and I probably didn't have the money either because we were running the conference but I wanted to have a look at one of the golf courses so I thought what I'll do, I'll get up early go for my run, plus it was gonna help me not get lost, I'll run up and down one of the golf courses, up the first fairway, down the second, the third, and just, and I'll get back to the hotel, good, because again, didn't have GPS, so, and I, I was on a, a tight schedule, so getting lost wasn't an option. Um, so I'm running on this golf course, and it's just me, like it's early, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., somewhere early, only me, well, at least it was only me until I turned onto the third fairway and about, about a boot, a 200-metre, uh, drive down the fairway, eh? Uh, okay, I'm done with that. Uh, that was just all for Sydney. Um, about 200 meters down the fairway, I spotted a, uh, not a golfer, a big uh, brown bear. And, uh, and I'd never seen a brown bear in the wild before. So I was like, okay, wow, cool. And in that moment, I had two options, two options. Option number one, I could keep running and run towards the bear, because I think to myself, man, this is going to make a great story over breakfast. Or I could pray the bear didn't see me, pivot 180 degrees, change direction, and sprint back to the hotel, because forget about the story, because dead men tell no tales, and to my credit, here I am, people, to my credit, I chose the second option. I chose to change. I had, I had intended to run down the third fairway, but something appeared that was less than God's best for my life. <laughs> and wisdom caused me to change direction and not become breakfast, but rather breakfast conversation. And here we have this seductive woman luring this naive young man with all of these promises. Fresh because he 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 only rich people had this stuff, which was the minority. The rest of the people stank. They smelt of manure and animals. There was no links for men around in those days. So all of this is like. I mean, even before the lovemaking bit, this would have just sounded like, I just want to spend the night in that bed. I mean, to him, he's being lured by all this stuff that's shiny and nicer and and seemingly better, seemingly. But lure is a fishing metaphor. She's doing this, luring him in some of us are gonna start 2020 with the intention of being financially free. And then you go to the mailbox, and the junk mail's arrived. And it's sale time, baby. Oh, the e-update from Harvey Norman comes through. Guess what, 50 days, interest free. That's for people who don't have any money. Because if you had money, you would just pay for it. And you think, Whoa, that's like, that's like that's like free. No, it's not free. You have to pay for it. Oh, Lord. Maybe some of you this year, one of your intentions is to improve the quality of your marriage, and yet the opportunity comes for you to maybe travel more than you think is healthy, but you like, oh, travel, think of those frequent fly points. <sighs> maybe some of you, and I ask this question, how many of you are already on a two-week streak? Fantastic. And man, you know, February, Saturday night, Netflix binge ends up at 3 a.m. And you think, oh, I was going to get up at 9 a.m. for church. But, I mean, it's Netflix, come on, you know. It's like ranks up in Maslow's hierarchy of needs next to food, water, shelter, and Netflix. I mean, who could live without it? Ah, and then she says, because he's like, well, maybe, maybe, still hasn't got in yet, but I mean, it sounded pretty good. And then she's, she's looking and she's reading his mind, which by the way, would not have been very difficult for her in that moment. She says, oh, okay, 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 I get it. Let me check the last box off for you. My husband's not home. He's away on business and he won't be back for a month. We won't get caught. And, and if you don't get caught doing something less than God's best, then there's no consequences. That's how it works. (laughs) Well, not if you understand the principle of the path. Because if you understand the principle of the path, then not only is a situation like this causing you to get distracted by something, by definition, it's also gonna cause you to get distracted from something from where you intended, from where God wanted you to be, from the opportunities that God had for you, from financial freedom, from relational breakthrough, from intimacy with your kids, from having a closer relationship with Jesus. Every distraction that you give into, you say yes to, becomes a diversion that'll lead you to the di- different destination. What are these? That's what I do. Distractions can become diversions which lead us to a different destination. And that's not what God has for us. You can't take a wrong turn and still be heading in the right direction. Well, you know, I wonder what he chose. Well, let me tell you. Soon she had him eating out of her hand, bewitched by her honeyed speech. Before you know it, he's trotting behind her. He's trotting behind her into her house and he's thinking to himself, I'm like the guy at the club that gets out of the limo that goes up the red carpet, that the bouncer goes, opens this thing. I don't even have to show my ID. I get in straight upstairs to the VIP lounge, having some fun and some love in the club. That's what he's thinking. That's what he's thinking. Wow, man. Solomon soon... She has him eating out of her hand, bewitched by her honeyed speech. Before you know it, he's trotting behind her like a calf led to the butcher shop, like a stag, ooh, there's that word again, lured into ambush and then shot with an arrow. Up, oh, in case you didn't get this the first two times, like a bird flying into a net, not knowing that it's flying life, Is over. And then Solomon zooms out from the story and says to his audience So, friends, listen to me. Take these words of mine most seriously. Don't fool around with a woman like that. Don't even stroll through the direction, the path of her neighborhood. Countless victims come under her spell. She's the death of many a poor man. She runs a halfway house to hell, fits you out with a shroud and a coffin. How depressing. But, but here, here's what Solomon wants us to understand. When you perhaps first read this story, it sounds like this is just a moment in time that this naive young man is giving into, giving into a moment. But here's the thing about moments. If you let your guard down, moments can easily become patterns because you stitch a moment together with another moment and then you stitch another moment and then you stitch on another moment, all of a sudden you don't have four moments, you've got a pattern. The alcoholic didn't have their first drink with the intention of becoming an alcoholic but one drink too many became another time of one drink too many which became and started stitching moments together that became a pattern that became a diversion that led them to a destination less than God's best the 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 guy signing the divorce papers didn't start flirting with his colleague because he wanted to ultimately be at the lawyer signing divorce papers, he just thought it was just a moment at the photocopier. Uh. And no one knows. And so if no one knows, there's no consequences. But it was felt so good that the next time at the photocopier and then the email that no one read and and all of a sudden moments were stitched together and he got to a place where he never intended. So here's the deal. For us, all of us, you know the crazy thing about this whole s- s- series? This isn't something just for Jesus followers. <laughs> the principle of the path applies to everybody, everybody. And, 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 and that's sort of like, oh, wow, well, I wish more people knew that. Yeah, and so does God. <laughs> but it also means we don't get any sort of exemption if we are Jesus followers, We've got to do the work. We've got to pay attention to our direction. We've got to recalibrate and change if and when we're heading in a direction that's not aligned with our intention. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments,